Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I am your host, Ken Seymour, the man of tapioca, with your other host, Richard Geiger, the man of butterscotch. Butterscotch, yo. That's right. Today we have our friend Delvin Cox with us, and we are going to do a movie review of Shazam. How you doing, Delvin? As the great Miles Morales would say, hey. <laughs> Keep it simple. I like Easy. it. <laughs> but uh, so, to remind people, because it's been a little while since we've done a movie review, uh, at least uh, a week. Uh, yes. <laughs> We use a very like three weeks. Yeah, we use a very scientific, but not really, uh, method of putting this together. Mainly just so that we have a very clear idea of what movies we like better than anything else, or at least in comparison to each other. So, in the end, our numeric system will come up with a total that can be up to a hundred points, or as little as zero. We will have subcategories where we'll talk about things in specific and what we liked and what we didn't. We'll go over the cast which will be worth 20 points. We will go over the director, which will be worth 20 points. Mm -hmm. We will go over costuming and props, which will be worth 10 points. We'll go over location, which is worth 10. Cinematography and CGI and that sort of stuff, which is worth 20. We've got plot and writing, the meat at 20 points, and then we'll have an option for some bonus points just for things that we like, or we can even potentially take points away, though we usually don't do that in the bonus points. Usually don't, but the bonus points is where I can fudge the numbers to get it to the appropriate score that I want it to have. So that's how that one works. That's right. That's right. So did you generally, we're going to start with a spoiler-free section. Delvin, did you generally enjoy the movie? Yeah, I did. I thought it was very entertaining, and I think I don't want to get too much into it, but it's one of the better DC movies. I'll say that much. I would agree. Now, do you, now, do you think it was better just as a movie? Better as in it was true to uh, the actual source material or both? Both. Also, I think that the movie itself, is, is one, is very entertaining. And two, most of the DC movies, for the most part, plots are very jumbled up, to say the least. Mm. Either overcomplicated or none whatsoever. That's a pretty fair. Yeah. At least does have a decent story to it. I thought so, too. And it's very bright. A lot of DC gets kind of mired in this attempt to be dark and, and gritty, and I don't think it has been working all that well over the last several movies, with the exception of Aquaman. Aquaman wasn't really dark and gritty, but... Uh, yes. The last two have been, well, this one included, have been a lot more brighter and colorful and fun. Just, let's call a spade a spade. Fun. Yeah, that's that's my feeling. Yeah, I, I, so like Aquaman had colors and it had humor in it too, so not forced humor. No. Uh, and, and I feel like this kind of went in that same direction too. Didn't take itself too seriously, but kind of kept a proper tone, I yeah, feel like. Absolutely. So generally, we're all basically in the same in the same boat. Now we're going to see exactly how much we think that we we liked it. Let's or let's throw out there real quick to one thing we generally oh. talk about is: Would you, if you're recommending recommending this to other folks out there, mm-hmm. would you tell them, "Hey, go watch this movie"? Uh, you know what? Wait, wait, wait till it comes out, or say like, "Man, this was good," but I also recommend that you buy it when it comes out. Like, what's your direction? You tell people to spend their twelve bucks on this. True. 
see, this is the thing. If this was coming out, if this came out in a time when there was no movies, I'd definitely say, why? Go watch it in the movie theaters. Because it's, it's a good movie. But the problem is with this, and I think DC probably should have thought about this a little bit, is it's so close to three other, well, two other superhero movies. Yeah. Shazam, Hellboy, and Endgame. They probably didn't have to worry about Hellboy too much, but Endgame, butting up against... You want to compete against the uh, the Marvel movies, but because of which particular movie this is, maybe not the best timing. This is the one to stay as far away from as possible. Mm-hmm. Well, if you, if you think about it, though, they kind of stuffed it right in between two Marvel movies. One that already made a billion dollars, and another one that will make well over a billion dollars. So, if they wanted to release it in the spring, I guess this was the time to do it. Probably, but I would I would have waited. Make it make it uh, because everybody. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's going to be emotionally exhausted from the end of Infinity War. Give it like three weeks, four weeks, and then release it afterwards because there's nothing Marvel. After that, except for Spider-Man will eventually be coming out. June, July, something like that. But they could compete against Spider-Man pretty easy. Spider-Man and uh, X-Men, I think, is August. Yeah, but nobody pays attention to that one. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's not too... That would be the perfect time to release it, like around that time. Because people would look more forward to Shazam than they would X-Men, especially with everybody knowing that this universe of X-Men is probably not going to be around after this movie. Yeah. Well, for me, I am I am of the opinion that this was worth seeing in the in the theaters. I think it's one that I would end up suggesting to go see in the theaters to the people that I know. Um, if you want to do, whoa, I got really loud there, huh? Um, if you want to do the movie theater, like if you want to do the, the the superhero movies. I would say this one's worth it to go watch it in the theater. But if you're like the casual superhero uh, movie person, just wait. Just wait on this one. Um, I guess here, here's my thought on this. So like my wife who watches some of the movies, um, we were going to go watch this movie. Yeah. And then she kind of changed her mind. She's like, yeah, I don't really, I, I don't really actually want to watch this movie. I was like, okay. And after watching it, I kind of thought, I was like, well, you actually would have enjoyed this movie. So, I don't know. I think it's a pretty good mixed bag. Yeah. All right. So, now that we are past that point, I, I completely forgot about that little tidbit. Like I said, it's been at least a week since we've tried to do it. Um, <laughs> so, now we'll get into completely deconstructing everything and overanalyzing and, mm. and kind of going into that. So, all right. We always start at the beginning, starting with the cast. So, uh, what did you think about the cast, Delvin? Pretty pretty solid, right? Yeah, I thought the cast was actually really good. Especially everything considering that, for those who know the history of it, or who doesn't know the history of it, this movie has been in production for quite some time. Yeah. Like, originally, this wasn't supposed to be the movie that was supposed to come out. It originally was supposed to be Black Adam, if I'm correct. Yeah, I seem to remember hearing that as well. And I guess we'll just have to just be be happy with a little bit of a... a tidbit that we get of Black Adam and the and the story description. Yeah. Yeah, you got a, a sneaky, a subtle, very subtle one with no hint of names, um, none of that stuff. Just for comic book fans. 
I wanted to mention this to you guys. I don't know if you saw this or not, but Dwayne Johnson is still in the credits as an executive producer of the movie. Oh, really? I missed that. Yeah, he's in the credits. Huh. Huh. Well, I, I feel like um, the talk of him doing any part of this has never been dead. Like, mm-hmm. it's always been 100% active, and they're going to do it. Like, they're... Well, I guess they said that also about a, a Gambit movie for the longest time, too. So it was not always the best, uh, the, the most positive thing. But I feel like they're absolutely going to do a Black Adam. Well, and it could just be a holdover. Standalone. It could be a holdover, too. I mean, he's, like you said, it's been production for a long time. And it may just be one of those things in, in the contractual side of things that my name's not coming off of this. I've spent too much time and effort into it. It better be in the credits. But even with that, the movie, the cast is actually pretty good. It is. It is very close to the comic book counterparts, which I was actually surprised by, too. Yeah. Well, one other thing I noticed, I don't know if you looked at this when you were uh, looking at the cast. It feels to me very much that they did not want to take any chances with this cast. I mean, obviously, whenever you do a movie, you got to have that lead that can carry the film, uh, the surrounding actors that will be able to kind of go along with it. But even all of the kids, these people have experience. You have to start getting pretty deep into the cast before you start hitting some people that haven't been in very much. They have all got credits. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Well, and there are a couple surprises in the cast that I didn't expect that was in the movie then. I don't want to give away spoilers on that, but oh, this is the spoiler. This is the spoiler. Yeah, spoiler already. Spoil it away. They, they okay, so screw it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Um, I was shocked to see Megan Good in the movie. Yeah. In that one scene when the whole cast essentially just changed, I was like, "Whoa!" I didn't expect that at all. It was a cool thing, and that cast did good. Well, and and so like uh, DJ Katrona, for example, he was supposed to be. Oh, was he Superman or Batman? I can't remember which one he's supposed to be in the Frank the, the Frank Miller yeah. uh, Justice League movie yes. years ago that they actually were basically going to do, and then it just stopped all of a sudden. Which I'm kind of disappointed because I think he could have pulled it off. Is that the one that was supposed to have Army Hammer as Batman? Yes. And Common as um, Green Lantern. Oh, was he supposed to be that? I missed that part. Yeah, there were like there it had Green Lantern, and it, I think it even had uh, John Johns in it too. So like, uh, it, it 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 would have been interesting to see what they would have done with the Martian Manhunter character. I kind of I don't watch the TV show. I don't like I don't watch any of the WB shows, but I think the Manhunter character is just weirdly done in the Supergirl. I I liked it. It's, it's, it's good, but they've changed... A lot? A lot about that character. Yeah. yeah. It works for that show, but... Well, I mean, and and it's and to be fair, John Johns is, um, has got a lot of history and a lot, like you said, there's some, there's some strange stuff that just would not translate to TV. Not, not to TV. TV. Yeah. Um, well, okay, so we start, obviously, Zachary Levi in the lead. Um he has a pedigreed history of doing comedy, of being able to put smiles on people's faces, which this seems to be perfectly suited to. Um, the fact that he was able to get into some ridiculous shape on top of everything 
uh, I was I was uh, very impressed at. Uh, more effort than I think I would have ever wanted to put into it. But what did you think about his ability to kind of give that that feeling of youthful exuberance that 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 he really was a kid that translation of big into the superhero mentality you know when i first heard that he was getting the role i thought that's almost perfect because he has that type of personality two it was only two people i've thought of that could play the role that good and it was him and john zena believe it or not yeah yeah that could work has that look of Shazam. And he kind of has that kind of childlike thing about him where he can like a big kid almost. Mm-hmm. And I think Zachary Mewa did a great job portraying how you would think Shazam would be. Yeah. yeah I, I, I kind of, I was thinking the same thing too. John Cena would be a, a pretty good. I don't know. If, if they put John Cena in it though, then nobody would see him. <laughs> Okay, it's not a great joke, but it was an easy one. That's all I've got. Um, so I get it though. Yeah, I don't. I, I get it. All right. So all right, all right. What about Mark Strong as Silvana as Savannah? What I love Mark Strong in pretty much anything. I mean, and he's already got comic book cred to begin. Well. Let me rephrase that. He's got comic book experience. It wasn't his fault. I thought I thought he was a fine Sinestro. Oh, he was a mind. great Sinestro. Um, uh, it wasn't his fault. The movie wasn't all that great. <laughs> yeah. But he was also in Kick Ass. He what was he in Kick Ass? Oh yeah 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 yeah. I, I was sorry. I'm thinking of a different movie. Yeah. Um, you know he's he's got plenty plenty of that stuff. Did you did you read the Captain Marvel comics at all, Delvin? Before this. A little bit. I, I read mostly the old, old Captain Marvel comics and a little bit of the new 52. Yeah. So I knew about the uh, Marvel kid and things like that. Well, then you're familiar with the original conceptual art that goes along with Savannah being this yes. little kind of small, egg-headed, impossible-to-take-serious villain. Yeah, I... I, I, I look too like I, I haven't read the comics but I try to do if I'm watching these movies and I'm not familiar with the characters I just it's kind of easy you can just go Google and then read all the history of the stuff and see images of what their characters has been portrayed in over the course of the year years and I I mean I think I think the changes they made were right were fine yes and it's like the uh, Spider-Man 2 Dr. Octopus shift making something that was potentially laughable on the page into something that you could take serious on on the screen. Well, I feel like yeah, a, lo- a they, lot of his bad guys they are... It felt like they gave him a new 52 oh, like facelift almost. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which is good. Now, that's not to be confused with saying that the new 52 is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is correct. <laughs> and, and, and looking at the history of Captain Marvel's bad guys it's not like his bad guys are really just kind of intriguing they're they're kind of goofy yeah, bad little, guys little one of which we'll mention here in a little bit i, I feel like too <laughs> so asher angel he did a great job i mean uh got to be able to have a kid that you can relate to um 
kind of see see yourself through a little bit. I think he did pretty decently with that. I mean, he's got some experience in uh, Andy Mack, uh, the show Andy Mack. He's been in for quite some time, so it's just kind of. I think this wasn't exactly new territory, but I think he did really well with it. He did. You've got uh, Jack Dylan Grazer uh, as uh, Freddie, another kid. Now, he was in the movie It, and of course being the sequel to to that particular one, uh, uh, as well as... I thought he was excellent. Oh, yeah. He he was my favorite. I thought he was one of the highlights of the film. Yep. So... How hard is it to kind of be able to, you have to be, you have to be, I don't want to use the word pitiable, but uh, almost pitiable, but also the comic relief in a, in a non-pitiable fashion simultaneously. That's, that's rough. It was so many things that he did right in terms of like, he was, the way he played it was he didn't want to be pitied. Yeah. He was like, no, I'm, I'm the cool kid. You guys don't know what you're talking about. You guys are just not in the know, almost. <laughs> and it was such a, it was, he was a cool character. And he, he, not only did he provide comic relief, but it was that one moment in the movie where he, he was like, he was talking to Billy like, you, you have it all, and you're squandering it away. And he's like, and Billy snaps back at him and says, you just want these powers. He said, heck yeah, I want these powers. Mm-hmm. I would love to have those powers. I'm not going to lie about that. He's totally fit up. Yeah. I'm watching you squander this away. And if I had those powers, I wouldn't be doing what you're doing right now. I, yeah, he's, he's, he did fantastic. I'm, I'm looking forward to, there's no way there's not going to be a sequel. I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious what they're going to do as they grow. Oh, as the kids get older. Yeah. It it was, uh, the ending scenes, were fantastic in terms of like it, it lets you know this is what we're building to and they give you kind of a sneak peek of it oh yeah I thought that was really cool that was that was that was well done and the individuals that they chose to be the adult versions of them in the powers I mean you obviously have to have some some sort of physical um, similarity but they they did phenomenally well uh, uh, the the older and younger actors being able to duplicate the same personality and mannerisms and mannerisms yeah yeah, yeah and, and me personally I didn't I, I was only familiar with the fan, like the kid Shazam versions because there was a an animated movie that had been out recently. Uh, I can't remember what it was. Um, it was... Do you, do I don't you, know what you're talking about. Yeah. And it was um, a, a, like a, a more more hardcore one. Like people get beat up a lot in it and there's a little bit of blood. I don't know if anybody get killed in it. I can't remember what it is. It's, I think I know what It's one of the more recent uh, DC animation uh, movies. It wasn't Flashpoint. Um, but they were trying uh, to be edgy again. Yep, yep. And it had all the had the kids. So I'd seen them once before. Wasn't surprised by them. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you got uh, Adam Brody being the older uh, of the Freddy characters. He was uh, on the OC for like forever. 
if anybody watched that show, which I never did, um, I will, or at least I will never admit to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you've got Jimon uh, uh, Han. Uh, no. <laughs> I was going to say, hey, who's the wizard? Jimon Hansu. Yes. I looked it up on how to pronounce it since the last time I just absolutely butchered his name and wrote wrote it out phonetically. <laughs> That's what I mean. I was well, we, we've had to talk about him a few times in some movies. He was, um... Hey, I just realized that. <laughs> was he in Captain Marvel as well? Yes, he was. And Guardians of the Galaxy and Constantine. But it's interesting that he's in both... Captain Marvel and Shazam. So yeah. technically he's in two Captain Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's, he's like, I never even thought about that until just now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he did, he did, um, if there was a weakness, I don't want to say it was him because I'm not sure that it was. I think it was how it was written. It was a little hammy, his, his delivery of the wizard Shazam, I thought, just a smidgen. I thought it was too short. That, I think that may be what it is. He didn't have time to really develop anything. Yeah, it was kind of like, here's the wizard. Here's the powers. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Yeah, yeah, no no real... And you can't really... I just don't think there's enough to deliver a, a true background on any of that side of it. So I, I get it. But you're right. It was just kind of a... No, I have a, I have a different problem with it. But we'll get to that in the yeah. plot. Yeah, the plot the plot ones always are big. Uh, yeah, our big miss. nitpicking area. Yeah. So I'll just I'll just go over a few names and stop me. You know, just kind of yell, "Stop!" No, we got to talk about this person. Just kind of give props to a few people. You got uh, Faith Herman as Darla, who was in This Is Us. Uh, you've, uh, her older version. You already talked about Megan Good. I thought she looked familiar. She's been in freaking everything. Yeah. Um. Grace uh, Fulton as Mary. Now, this is a holdover from the director, I think, because she was also in Annabelle, which he directed. Um, so that I think there's the link there. But uh, you've got uh, her older version, Michelle uh, Borth. Borth, yeah. Hawaii Five-0. And some other things I've heard of her before. Yeah. So, I mean, good there. You got, um, you got Ian Chen, who is Eugene. Uh, fresh off the boats, his big show that he's in. Um, you got uh, Ross Ross Butler as the older Eugene. Uh, Thirteen Reasons. He's Reggie in Riverdale. I didn't even know. No clue. Hadn't watched the new Riverdale at all. And I. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen Riverdale. What? You neither. Okay, we got to fix that. <laughs> well, that was a thing. So. Uh, uh, was it uh, Joven Armand as Pedro, who's in the middle? Uh, you've got, uh, of course, DJ Catrona. We talked about, and he's been just in a ton of stuff. Um, uh, even the parents, you know, got some got some experience. You got uh, Marta Milan and uh, Cooper Andrews, Walking Dead. He's in the Walking Dead, right? He is excellent in Walking Dead and in this movie. Yeah, he, he has a certain charm to him. That says star. Yeah, it's it's hard to it's it's not even something you can really quantify. It's every time I see him in something, it's like oh, I'd like to have a drink with that dude. Yes. And he it's, keeps staying you know, alive so in The Walking Dead too. Well, I guess I haven't seen the last eight episodes, but. Well, that's not a spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, he, he's still kicking it. Um, okay, so the last one I'll mention. I tried to save the best for last, at least in my mind. John Glover being in it was fantastic because yes. he's he's one of my favorites, and I was lucky enough to to talk to him in Cleveland here uh, just a little while ago, and the such a gentleman, such a fantastic actor, and you know just a great guy from everything that I've seen. Uh, and he did great. I mean, he did. He was just enough of awful for you to. Does, but does he play awful characters and other things a lot? A lot? Okay, because a lot of things. But he always has layers. So there's that, that's the thing that he kind of talked about in the interviews. He always tries to bring that level of humanity to it, so that it's not just like a, a one-sided character that that there's something to relate to because that makes it more real. Mm-hmm. So anything in particular of any of the people that we listened to, because I just ran through all of them, anybody missed or anything that you want to, to give a shout out to in that particular casting, Delvin? I think just the whole casting general did a great job in terms of being believable. Yeah. What all about right. you? So I want to put some negative spin on this. Okay. Here. All right. So uh, honestly, a lot of the kids were great. A lot of the adults were great. Zachary Levi, I had some issues with how he did stuff what? in this movie. What? So one of the big things was some of, let's call them the the posturing, how he would stand or move or walk. Now, I don't know if he was doing that because he was trying to be a kid who would think, like, this is how I stand or walk. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm fairly certain that's accurate. But I, like, I didn't buy into it. I just bought into it as he doesn't, like, he looks weird doing these things because he's trying to do things naturally and they don't. It's overstated is basically what I'm getting at here on a lot of the things. So, like, just the little things where he'll stand and walk, but he's like, Trying to do the power lifter walk? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if that's... Do you think the suit itself has something to do with that? It's possible. Because the suit is kind of like a puffy suit, like like a a Seinfeld shirt. Yeah. It's really like puffy and bulky. And they might have didn't need the suit because he was in really good shape. Yeah, and I thought about that too. And just exactly like having the arms not be down to the side, but like out... (laughs) Mom, I, I can't put my arms down. <laughs> yeah, actually, there's a some some little prank video people that I've been watching lately, and they they'll be at the store, and one will say to the other, like you know, you know, like work work hard, bro, or something like that, and they automatically have to walk with their hands out like this the whole time, <laughs> the whole trip through the store. It's pretty funny, but it kind of reminded me of that because it just it just looked like like I said, just how he handled himself just looked. Cheesy, cheesy, like overstated, over overdone. I'm nitpicking. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I don't think I had a problem with that. I, I see, I see what you're saying, but I, I, I think it was, I think it was right for the part. It's just if you're not thinking about it and just looking at it, it does look weird. Yeah, and and see, but like Mark Strong, it's perfect. Like how he how his actions and his movements were. Of course, he didn't have a big old puffy suit on either. So that <laughs> that I get. Uh, all right. So total of twenty points. 
that we can do out of this. What do you think, Delvin? How many points out of 20 does Cass get for you? 17. 17 for Delvin. What about Richard? Um, I was thinking the same thing, actually. 17. I think I'm going to be a little nicer to the cast on this. I'm, I'm going to give it near perfect. I, I give it a 19 with the only detraction really coming from, I, I don't think that the uh, casting of the bullies was very good. But uh, <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> I, can see, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Good start. Moving on to the director. This is always where we falter somewhat, or maybe falter is the wrong word. Don't have a lot to say. At least for me. Because I look at the director, it's like, this is what the director did. All right, next. Cool. And <laughs> off to the show. And off to the show. Especially if we don't like the, if we like the movie, it's like, oh, well, the director, he was good at it. But if we didn't like the movie, it's like, well, we like this director. Maybe it was the script. Maybe that's <laughs> what he had to work with it. Okay, I get it. The one, we got uh, David uh, Sandberg as the director on this one. Are you familiar with his other work, Delvin? Not really. Yeah, there's a reason for that. Um, so if you look him up on IMDb, and we, we do heavy research, uh, as in I looked it up on IMDb. Yeah, I'm looking uh, it up now. He's got like 10 credits, and seven of them are short films. Um, two of them are horror films, the, the ones right before Shazam, I believe, Annabelle being one of them. I can believe that. You know why I can believe that? Yeah. It's one scene in this movie that is jarring. Because it almost doesn't fit the movie because it's jarringly violent. The scene in the, um, in the, the office. office, yeah. yes. Yeah, definitely. Lights Out is that the other horror film. Yeah, that, that, I see that. Yeah. So, he's not got... And this is the hard part. You're, I'm looking at I'm looking for writing. I'm looking for anything else. And this is the thing that I wished IMDb had. I wish it had like um, like stage. It's got to have, I wish I had some more history to go into it because there's got to be some other stuff. There's no way that these studios are just going to go, yeah, this guy, he did two things. <laughs> we'll, we'll have him be well, a director. Well, we've seen Stranger. Yeah. Um, James Gunn basically didn't do much before Guardians. It just seems so strange that that you put this multi-million dollar endeavor in the hands of somebody like that. That's a huge trust. I think you guys said it in the Captain Marvel episode how they probably went for a director who wasn't expensive. Mm, Because that's probably what it is. Let's get somebody who's not expensive. Somebody's not that well known because we know they can just follow what we want you to do here. Yep, cheap and a yes man or yes woman. (laughs) Now, that being said, you know, obviously, as I've said many times before, and maybe mistakenly, it's the director's job to get the performance out of the actors. Mm -hmm. And seeing that as a reflection of how good all the actors did. I have to think that the director did pretty good with this too, at least by extension. Yeah, and some and the director has some influence oh, yeah. on how the story is presented or evolved. And I didn't think that the story in this one was like weird. No, no, it was pretty straightforward. So. I don't know. I'm kind of torn on this because it felt like he was. It was just there. Like he didn't do anything to make it better and he didn't wreck it. Like, <laughs> let's not, let's not uh, get, I don't want to get out of hand with it, but like, for example, J.J. Abrams. Yeah. You can see moments in the movie where he makes the movie better. 
Well, that's arguable. But. Yes. Depending on what movie you're watching. You can see where their little touch to it. That's right. Their stamp. You didn't really get that. You kind of got like, oh, this is a movie. It's true. But it may just be a fact that he's had such limited experience. We may have seen the stamp and just not known what it was. That could be it. And, yeah, that's what I want to look for. I want to see, so, and the other thing with this too, and compared to other movies of its same stature, the the budget for this movie was, I, Rick, okay, when you say $100 million budget, that sounds like a lot of money to me. Uh, but a lot of these other movies are getting a lot, more. a lot more than that. So it's not that much for a superhero film. For a superhero film, um, you know. So how do you make that hundred million stretch, right? So got your salary cap. You know, pr- producers got to do stuff with that too, but the director's got to make that money work also. So that that's another part of it. Yeah, and this is that's pretty much all I got to say about the director. I mean, I I think he's I think he did good. I have no real qualms that I can directly attribute to him, and I've got nothing really amazing yeah. that I can directly attribute either. Yeah, I'll say that. Yeah. So, what do you think, Delvin? Out of twenty, are you sticking with your seventeen, or are you going a little lower on this one? I'm gonna go a little lower. I'm gonna go fourteen. Fourteen. All right, Richard. I was thinking fifteen or sixteen. So I'll go fifteen. I'll go fifteen. All right. Excellent. Good start. Good start. All right. Well, what did you do? Oh, sorry. Yes. I've done all of my scores already, written them down in preparation. I always forget that part. So I'm I'm uh, I'm going to give him a 17. I benefit of the doubt. The high marks. Okay. Yeah. Not super high. But yeah, yeah, high enough. High enough. Yeah. So, all right. Costuming and props. This one's usually pretty easy because you got, you've got, most films have just generic costuming for the most part. You need to make a cop look like a cop. You need to make a businessman look like a businessman. I mean, there's not much to it, but there are a handful of costumes and props that become really important, especially in a superhero movie. What did you think about their interpretation of the Captain Marvel heroic garbs? It looks comic accurate, but it doesn't look that good on screen. That's exactly what I thought. I. It's hard. This, I think this character is hard to have, you know, like a good-looking uh, modern take on something that's red spandex and gold <laughs> boots, <laughs> and like a weird, a weirdly shaped cape. white cape. You know, so I, I get it. Well, it's because it's actually—I don't know if you know this—it's actually a bib that he's just wearing backwards. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they could have did to make it look better. I don't know if there's anything they could have done. No, I mean, and it really stood out too because so much of it was shot in either dark or in kind of neutral tones. So every time you saw that costume, it just popped. It is immediately dead center, no matter where it is. You're looking right at it, and the lightning bolt lit up. I don't know if that was. I liked that. You liked that? That was the yeah. one part of the costume I really enjoyed. It kind of felt like if you were to put Shazam in the DC TV universe, that's how mm. the costume would look. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Lot, yes. I think they did a good job on Savannah because, again, you can't have a uh, 
very short person in a white lab coat uh, running around. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the costuming choice on him, I thought, was particularly good. Um, what about the Wizard Shazam? It was good. It was a wizard. <laughs> uh, well, so I, not knowing enough about the comic, the comic, the the... The wizard didn't look like that, did he? Well, there's more than one version of the wizard, but generally speaking, no. Wizard looked like Gandalf or any other wizard that you would kind of expect. That's what I thought. An old white dude with a big long beard, bald. Uh, that's pretty much what you expect. So, they, I understand why they changed it. And they explained it. Yeah. And I was, for the most part, okay with it. But... It just looks stupid. His costume looks stupid. I'm sorry. He looked like a hobo that found one of Captain Marvel's outfits. And it just looked terrible. And then when you when you mixed it with that staff, the staff was awful. I mean, it's yeah. just... It, it, what is it supposed to be? What are we supposed to be thinking about that? I, I, I didn't get it. It just was... It was not good. Hmm. What other props were there? A Ferris wheel. Um, oh, a, uh, a um, the not batarang. a the batarang, mm-hmm. which is too big. Um, <laughs> Actually, I think that's the actual one yeah. you can buy off Amazon. Yep. <laughs> they literally just bought the one off Amazon and put it in the movie. I was wondering if that was what it was. This what it looked like to me. It's like, nah, that can't be. They must have custom made that. Um, the Superman bullet. The the not not cane but the arm the lay arm walker. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, I mean I, I just, yeah. It was mostly the pretty school. standard stuff. There wasn't there wasn't a lot that was special. That was an actual practical uh, item. I mean you of course had the eye, but that really wasn't that really wasn't. Uh, it was CGI for the most part. Yeah. Um, that that goes. In. I mean, really, there wasn't a lot that they were trying to do. It was mostly just those costumes. A magic eight ball. <laughs> yeah, the magic eight ball. <laughs> I, I kind of like that. That as a as a small thing, that was that was fun. Yeah. Um, gateway. Yeah. So I mean, nothing for the most part. It was solid for the most part. The only issues that I think we had in terms of. That sort of uh, costuming and props is, like you're saying, that the costumes are super bright. And like I said, I, I hated the Wizard Shazam costume and staff, but otherwise I was pretty much good with it. Anything else that you thought was worth mentioning, Delvin? Not in terms of costumes, no. No? Okay. This one's a pretty easy one usually, too. Yeah. So out of 10, what do you think, man? I'll say six. Six? Seems fair. I don't think I'm being generous when I say six. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Uh, seven. Seven? All right. I'm probably going with seven, too. Now you are. Yes. I changed something because I realized I put something into props that was actually location. Oh, okay. That's fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're going into location next. Um, they hopped around a little bit in this film. Um, <laughs> so that was kind of nice. Um, what... What did you think? What what was what what was the biggest thing that that kind of 
stood out to you in terms of the choices that they made, either thematically or whatever? I thought it felt like Spider-Man light. Okay. In terms of how the city is, because, you know, in the Spider-Man movies, usually the city is a, plays a big part of the movie. Yeah. In terms of how, hey, Spider-Man, and stuff like that. This movie did a little bit of that. I wish that it did more of it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, your, your typical movies, I feel like, The Avengers, Spider-Man, uh, Batman, Superman, it's all basically, what, New York or some iteration thereof. And this was bla- obviously it overstated in the movie to an extent. Philadelphia, which is which is weird. You don't think of that as your typical superhero location, and, and they played that part, you know, with the Rocky stuff, things like that. So like that was fine, cheesy, I, but I think there's a reason for it. So what's the whole message of the movie? I could be reading too much into this, but what's the whole message of the movie? Um, family, right? That's, that's one of the big messages. Well, and that's, Family, small beginnings becoming great. Yeah. Beginnings accomplishing, achieving a goal in terms of like how with growth. Like, right. You can honestly say like there was two characters who were kids. One was told they were a failure. Well, actually both were told they were kind of weren't unwanted kids. Yeah. And both of them felt their paths, one good, one bad, bad, and became better or worse for it. So, so here's where I'm going with this. I mean, most of the focus on the film tends to be between um, between Freddie and Billy, right? So, what is the moniker of Philadelphia? Brotherly love. <laughs> Brotherly love. <laughs> I think that's the whole reason. That- that could play a part into it. I think so. That, that plays a part into it. Okay. I mean, they they discover at the end he's got to use his heart. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Give that Care Bear stare to yeah, the back. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, it was it was nice in that aspect to see something else. Yeah. Because like I said, it's always been the same thing. They had some great views. I thought the um, I thought the Rock of Eternity was done. Very, very well. Yes. With all the going down to the other other areas mm-hmm. where there was multiple ways to walk or multiple doorways kind of all over the spot. So you didn't get to see a lot of that, but yeah. uh, well, enough. Yeah, for taste. Yeah. So I enjoyed that. The, the school's a school. There's really nothing to be said about the school. Uh, most of it's just kind of standard. What about the, uh, what about the house the, that they lived in? I mean, is that a prop or is that a location? It's a location. It felt like a house. Yeah. I thought it was... It didn't feel like a set. Yeah. That was kind of the impression that I got. It felt like it was real. It felt like it was falling apart. They did a good job of highlighting how it was not in the best of shape in several ways. I mean, the obvious step that needed to be fixed. But you could look around. The paint was peeling and it was cracked plaster and... Stuff was obviously well used and not in great condition. So having that be there, I mean, so often in a movie, you get that be the focus. Oh, we just don't have much money and it's hard to make ends meet. They never say any of that. Never happens. But 
the set does it for you, which I thought was really good. The well, that and then I guess the thing that I noticed when they went to pick Billy up was the van. Yeah. So you kind of got that idea from that is that their focus was just on making sure that the kids had a had a home. Right? Yeah, <clears throat> I like that. Again, location usually doesn't have a whole lot to it. Was there anything else that jumped out for you? Um, I, I mean, I guess there was some flying around and some cityscapes and bashing into a couple buildings and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I did love the bit with not being able to hear the monologue at the end. That was fantastic. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> that was excellent. That was probably one of my favorite parts of this movie because it's just turned every kind of superhero trope right on his head. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was good. It was it was clever. Although I did get flashes of Matrix Revolutions a little bit in that scene, um, <laughs> just just a smidge. Yeah. Um, it was probably the fact that he was wearing a coat while flying, and it's like, oh, look, he's Neo. <laughs> um, so, all right. So, what about you, Devin? Delvin, anything you uh, final touches? Yeah. Not really. I thought it was a Pretty decent easy. location for a movie. I thought it was different. I like the fact that it was different. Like like I said, I like the fact that it was kind of like Spider-Man light. Yeah. I wish that it went more into seeing the city and more into interacting with people. But it was good. Yeah. And the, the little play on, you know, like he, he got this power and like what's the first thing he went to, to do? Buy beer. Buy beer. Right? <laughs> so he went to a convenience store. And then he, he he went to the strip club, but then it got played later on too, like because you got to focus on being somewhere else, and that's where they end up being. So that was that was pretty funny. Well, you know, uh, my wife uh, who went to see it with me asked me about that, and it's like, well, you know, if I was uh, thinking of a place where I felt safe. <laughs> okay, now yeah. I have no good reason where that would be where I would appear, but I thought that was kind of fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what do you think, Delvin? Out of 10, what do you give that, man? Seven. Seven. Excellent. I think seven is fair. Seven. Yes. Well, I will give it an eight just because I liked the uh, Rocky Paternity quite a lot. Okay. I mean, it, was the, it was the statues that I put into the props, but it's not really props. It's I really like the statues a lot, and that's actually part of the okay. set. Um, so, okay, now where we this is where we usually get into the nitpicky the first thing is the cinematography and we talked a little bit there's bleed over on location from how the uh, shots were done and everything but this is also where the cgi comes into play mm-hmm. and everything how do you think they did in blending the cgi and everything into the main movie you for what you told me earlier about the director being a horror film director you like two horror films you can tell that with the gargoyles Hmm. Yeah. So I. So I. I guess my thought is, the sins, the presentation of them, was garbage. Yeah. Awful. Just awful. Um, the clouds of smoke was fine, but when they are actually in their solid form, just. Bad, just really bad. Like that stood out to me as a really bad spot. And then their their voices. That, now, that's that's not. Coming to get you, Billy. Yeah, yeah. 
I was just totally thinking like it, like uh, you know Claw from yeah. Inspector Gadget yeah, was. Now? Yeah. Well, that, that goes into plot, but they really don't explain the scenes at all. No, they really don't. And it just but but the presentation of I thought the CGI was really bad on those, and some of the scenes where they are flying and fighting. Not necessarily when it shows him from a distance getting slammed into a building. Like the, those were actually fine, but the ones where they were flying were just—they just seemed really off. A little bit. Like they had the budget to do all these other things, and they kind of like, well, we forgot we've got to do these things. Oh gosh, well, um, uh, do these do these sins? Do. Uh, yeah, just do they get the sins in there? I do all that. And, and, so there's some really weak spots in the in, in that stuff. Now, the, like the lightning stuff, that, that was, was fine. Great. That was cool. I didn't see a problem with that. It was just the whole the model, the how they moved, the the even though how the mouth mouths moved on the the, the sins, like it was just bad, bad. Well, and and truthfully, you didn't have much trouble with the gas. Uh, I actually kind of did a little bit, and it didn't hit me the first time I watched it. I actually saw it twice, <laughs> but Fair enough. didn't hit me the first time I watched it. But I was looking for it the second time. Just the sheer number of times they do the oh the gas is coming out of him and they're turning into monsters. They do it like a hundred times over and over and over again. It's so played out by the end of the movie. It doesn't mean anything. I mean, it's really cool the first time, and that's kind of cool. And depreciating returns by the credits just make them do something. If the if the big twist is this one has claws, really? That's it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's I I see that point too. Like they they look mean and creepy, and one bit one guy's head off. Cool. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. They have red eyes. Oh, they have red eyes. That's important. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Matt? I just, like I said, they weren't, I didn't, I didn't find them that bad, but I get exactly what you're saying. They didn't look great. Mm-hmm. They looked more like something from a horror film than they did like a superhero film. Yeah. So they almost felt out of place at times. Like, I, I keep going back to that scene in the office. Yeah. It just straight turns to a horror film. Well, and there was, I feel like there was also like a, a jump scare in there too. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say it was almost a homage to um, Aliens with a guy like, I think it was the guy's hand comes up on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. And of course, when they slam against the, the clouded glass. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I was, I, I was sitting there and, and this is me being overanalyzing things I went to the movie that started at 940 and there was like a gigantic family with you know like six year olds and ten year olds back there and I was like whoops I mean it, it's still presented as a family movie but these were some scenes where I was like well you know what I don't know how good my eight year old would take this yeah, this particular scene way. right here at 1030 at night yeah so but that's it fell, it fell out of place in the movie. Yes, a little bit. The uh, breaking of the staff that seemed a little weak at the end. This is a mighty magical staff. Here, have some sparkly glitter. 
has some pranks. Okay, I mean, it's just some very odd choices. But there were some good things, too, or even mixed bags. Uh, when uh, when uh, Zachary Levi's Shazam flies at the one bad guy and it turns to gas in the middle just to catch him and then smack him. That kind of slow-mo is really cool at first, and then it's like it turns into um, turns into a Bugs Bunny cartoon <laughs> when it gets slammed to the ground. Yeah. Um, gosh, what else was there? So the little opening, uh, the descriptive sequence with the wizard and, and Billy mm-hmm. telling him the history of some of the things. Like, I feel like you saw that in Blade in, you know, like 15 years ago. Uh, yeah. I, I, I just, I, it just seemed like it was weak. Yeah. Well, I mean, what else were they going to do on that one, though? Like and, flashback? Yeah, not, not, I, I get, I get the not doing the flashback and just having the little magical golden, the golden dust flying around them presenting. That's, I get that. It just, it's like, it, it, it just, I just, it wasn't impressive. Yeah, I'm nitpicking on that one. Well, yeah. But. Well, that's that's the whole thing that we're doing here, right? <laughs> it's just nitpicking. Nitpicking. I'll, I'll give them credit for. Um, in the subway, when the subway turns to the cave, that was solid. That was solid. It was seen scenes like that where they were pretty solid. That actually were pretty decently done. I think when you look at that, how much this movie was made for, there are clearly points in this movie where you see, okay, this is why how it was made for that point. This is yeah. where they kind of cut cut money. The early car impact was done well. Yeah, that was kind of like a surprise. Yeah. Um, I mean, all in all, it, it was pretty good. There were just a couple. I think the reason it stands out, this is another of those instances where the movie is so good that when it makes a mistake, it really shows out. And it just kind of becomes almost glaring because everything else is so shiny. It's just that one little part. You know, I got that one bit of dead skin that I just have to scratch and get off there. You can't help it. I was, I was thinking of one other kind of jump scary horror-y part when they're in the office and the door's glowing and the scientist lady like smacks the door mm-hmm. and then she starts to like her face melts and all that type of stuff yeah the effects on that was good that the effects on that one was good yeah. but, a little yeah. harsh for a kid's movie maybe uh, depending how you're presenting depending you know, <laughs> although her personality was such that I was kind of glad she died. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. It was like, yeah, she wasn't, yeah. Uh, uh, Hate to see you go. All right, so what do you think, Delvin? Cinematography out of 20. 14. 14. Excellent. And Richard? Man, those sins were really bad. And the flying scenes were really bad. Um, I'm going to have to go with like a 13. 13. Yeah. I, I had, like I said, I, I didn't think the, uh, the sins were all that original, but I didn't have that big a problem with them except for the repetitive use of the misting and a couple of the other things that I mentioned. I thought it was mostly more forgivable. Uh, forgivable. I'm going to give it a 15 out of 20. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Now for the really... 14, 15. Do what? 13, 14, 15. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. 
So this is the last chance. This is where you can really nitpick some stuff. Um, plot and writing. This is where we can point out any massive plot holes that we think were there, or any weaknesses, or anything that we thought was particularly excellent. Uh, we'll start again with our esteemed guest, Mr. Cox. I will say this about this movie. The fact that there are so many plot holes and things that are kind of out of place and that the movie's still really enjoyable is a testament to how good this movie is. Yeah. Because there are huge plot holes. The fact that the sins, you can't even tell which sin is what to mm. the end and you're still completely confused. It's never really explained. And they're like, oh, that one must be greed because he has a, a mouth on his on his stomach and who was the other one? <laughs> oh, the one that he's envy, and you find out like at the dead end. It's so many like with that that kind of bothers me. Like, why did why this hasn't been explained though? Who's what? What do they do? Or what's their power? The how it works? Well, yeah. And and also, also, the movie starts off with a bang that just goes very slow. Yeah. Well, well, to your point specifically. I mean, I could tell which one was Lust. That one was pretty easy. Uh, and a couple of other ones. They tried to kind of thematically go, but it, wouldn't Sloth, like, not do anything? <laughs> it just sit there. That's what I wanted to see because it's the, it's the deadly sense. We're all going to kill you in some way. And the other one's just kind of, I don't want to watch some TV. Yeah, I don't want to. I'll be over here, guys. <laughs> hey, what was the, what's the one, the... Where you eat a lot, uh, gluttony. Yeah, that was the big belly one. The big belly one. Yeah, that's I think what that one was. Uh, mouth on the stomach. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That had to be that. So it's it's if if you have to try that hard, that's a problem. But yeah, eh. Well, but they, I mean, I guess they were important to the story. In a sense. Some of the, like there was all these things that I feel like that were introduced in this movie that were important, but not important. There are building blocks, but not big building blocks. You know, like it's it just there was just I don't know weird things. Yeah, I um, I liked the character development. This this is one of those instances. I'm huge on character development in anything, and it's usually really hard to have character development in a movie. You just don't have enough time. Um, and the only, generally the only hope that you've got is maybe the main character, possibly, maybe one of the side characters, possibly, can get some character development. But that, I thought they did, I thought they did a pretty good job, character development in several individuals. I mean, even, even to a certain extent, Savannah had character development. Yeah, and... and you got his motivation. Yeah. Which is, I guess, about all the development you really need, in, in a sense. Yeah. And did you, like, did you think that his dad was dead? I oh, did. yeah. I did, and then when I saw him alive, I was like, oh, this is bullcrap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Why is he alive? Yeah. I, I, I would have rather seen that scene play out with the brother being in charge of everything. Yeah. Yeah, so that... see the father still there and... No. And in excellent condition. Just yes. didn't have legs that worked. Because <laughs> he, he was laying there on the road in blood and all smashed up. <laughs> <there. laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, that's... I, I mean, I guess that's still plot. Um, it was. I'm sure it was intentionally ambiguous so that you could be surprised again when you saw him later. And also, I found it weird that his brother and his dad were just flat-out jerks. They don't really explain why they're jerks to him. Yeah. Why they treat him the way they treat him. Yeah. Well, they were, like, overly jerk-offs to him. It wasn't like they were like, I get your annoyed, kid, get out of the way. They were, like, brutal. Like Lewis Carroll level of <laughs> jerkiness. Yeah, you're you're right. There was no, they just they hate him. Done. Good enough. And then I was gonna say so the story of him getting lost and then looking for mom and then finally finding mom. I liked that. I so, like that a lot. So that kind of led into why the family that he had been avoiding the whole time actually meant so much to him at the end. Okay. So like that part, that whole progression, I got. Um, so that was, you know, that was another kind of sideline thing to it, too. I just want to add to that. I like the fact that they did something that I don't see in movies ever. They made the mom a complete jerk no bare bones about it this character was her the mom was not likable they were like no I saw you I just didn't want to get you <sighs> yeah I don't know if I go so far as saying jerk um, but yeah not likable uh, just because I know they, they did a good job of hinting at an abusive relationship yes so I, I thought there was some nuance there that they were able to sneak in uh, being able to sneak in the unreliable narrator was always fun for me. So being able to see the the memories through Billy's eyes and then seeing it through her eyes being completely the same but different, I thought was really good. And they didn't really, when you saw that sequence, you didn't know that she was 17 at no. the time. Um, they didn't present that at all. That was only discovered later on. Much, I mean... How are you going to present that early on anyway? That's but. why everybody should wear badges with their age on it. Mm-hmm. But even so, she was not a good person. No, no, she, she had he, problems. When he, when he comes to the door, he's like, yeah, I'm your son. He might hear you. Like, don't say it too loud. And then she's like, oh, no, I saw you. I found you. I saw where you was at. I just felt you were better off on me. I wasn't ready for a kid. So I kind of just left you there. And this kid, this poor kid, it makes you feel a lot of, a lot more sympathy for Billy because you're like, this guy, this kid has been spending his whole life trying to find somebody who was under no circumstances was looking for him at all. It's true, but let's let's think about that in another way. Billy at that, how old was he in that scene? Fifteen? What the, the, the scene where he was um, a kid. Four or five? Eight. No, no, he was five. He was five. You're right. So if she was seventeen and she had him when she was 12. Yeah. I suppose that's true. <laughs> when, you, when you put it that way, you had to <laughs> Now, that's why I had a little more sympathy. It's like, oh, that's that's really that's rough. rough. Now, when you put it that way. Now, now here's the other thing, too. Was technology that bad 10 years ago that 
the woman just disappeared, even though she kept her name <laughs> and had her ID. Find me. Yes, so, I, I. I just thought that part was kind of weird too. Well, yeah, plot convenience. Yeah. Once again, we're nitpicking. It is, it is, it is, but it's fun nitpicking. Um, gosh, what else was there? Um, the fact that, I mean, once again, I don't know the origins and the story, but in this, they presented Billy as, well, you're it. Mm-hmm. As that he was the la- he was the last choice we got. That that was the only option, the last best option, I guess you could say. There's been versions of it where that's been the case. Okay. I wasn't sure if that kind of carried along the same at all. Um, I thought it was something, to to that point, I thought it was kind of interesting. So, the phrase, I opened my heart to you. Are you really? If if you're you're the last chance, are you really opening your heart to him? Or (laughs) are you just kind of... You're kind of just saying, well, no one's left. (laughs) (laughs) seems seems a little hollow but um uh so no i mean for the most part though the scene where uh the scene where he breaks into the uh into the um cash uh, check cashing store to to lure the police there so he can use their computer it was amusing it was a little it was a little good way to start into the character. I thought that was nice. Um, the the whole was funny. The cop just wanted a sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. and, and when he rolled up at the house, should have never have taken my what it was cheesesteak. Save me, save me fries. Is that what he said? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I'm really the 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 villain was not a complete idiot. Which was kind of nice. I mean, he he made some mistakes that all villains make, but he put two and two together pretty quick. Uh, made smart moves in order to maintain his power. I mean, for the most part, he just got um, he he just got let down by his power source. <laughs> What's his only problem? I enjoy the fact that he played on the fact that Billy's a kid. Yeah. He like no, you're a kid. You're not gonna win this fight. Yeah. I don't know the wizard saw you because you're a child. Yeah, and then, I mean, there are plenty of opportunities for him to hurt or do bad things to other people mm-hmm. or to his, quote, family, the new family. But that never happened either. No. It was always threats of doing that for his upfront and as angry and as I'll do really whatever I want ish he kind of was just a pushover in that sense Yeah, you know what I think that plays in the fact that see I got that because it plays in the fact that when he was a kid he got treated like crap Yeah. so I think deep down inside he didn't want to do that to kids kids, he didn't have a problem killing adults he just felt like kids I can just bully him and get what I want anyway Yeah. adults he flat out killed them yeah, I think that was a good, a good nuance. Again, that that's the, I guess that's the best word I can use to describe the the plot in this film. Even though it's not perfect, it has nuance in places you just don't expect. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, I I really like I, for the most part I really like the writing with with a few hiccups here and there. 
uh, with the obviously all too neat conclusion at the end where I, I figure out what I need to do. And uh, my son pointed out, it's like, how is it that each of the people that he bestowed power on just immediately grasp how to use one of their powers extremely well immediately, just like that? And why do their suits fit so much better? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. So, that, that, I mean, that's a good question, too. Why couldn't... It was con- well, it was convenient, that's why. Exactly. It, it needed it. It's getting towards the end of the film. we got to finish that. But, uh, you know, I mean, all in all, uh, solid, uh, solid, just complete... Oh, okay, i got one more thing i got to say. The uh, superhero tests. Those were fantastic. Yes. Yeah, and and really, it made so much sense within the grasp of the the movie and how they present it, and the kids and the age and all that stuff. So like, it made perfect sense. And in fact, they put them all on like uploaded them on whatever that was. whatever it was quote YouTube, which wasn't YouTube. Yeah. Um, uh, that that made perfect sense. Yeah, I, I loved. Uh, the part where he set him on fire. <laughs> that was so good. Shoot him in the face. <laughs> that was my favorite part. Oh, that was so much fun. All right. Okay, so I think that's all I've got. You got any final notes on the plot, Delvin? No, I thought, like I said, even with the plot holes that were in the movie, I thought the fact that the movie had so much heart and character, it kind of made it in trouble with those faults. Yeah, yep. I think that's fair. All right, so your final plot and writing score out of 20. I'm going to go high on this one. 18. Nice. What about you, Mr. Ricardo Um, Montalban? I'll say 16. 16 for you. All right, I'm giving that one a 17. I I enjoyed it quite well. Again, we're kind of all grouping uh, like a Mm -hmm. selection of pellets from a shotgun. Um. This is the last spot where we can give any sort of little bonuses uh, that you think that don't fall into the categories that we haven't noticed, you know, a point here, a point there, whatever. Any bonus uh, things that you want to add, Mr. Cox? I want to give us some bonus points. But, um, end credits. Yeah, the end credits were good. In, in, end credits, I think. Not only end credits, the ending itself in, in terms of how not the, the ending, the conclusion, but the whole special character that came out at the end. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool, and I liked the way they did it because they left a door open for it. Like, even though you know you kind of feel like it was tacked on, it yeah. made sense for that character. <laughs> They're smart not to show the face, <laughs> especially with everything that happened now. <coughs> yeah, when I saw. Well, well, okay, you're talking like the end ones with the Superman. Mm-hmm. Like, that was funny. Um, but when I initially had seen, they they were showing the cave, and they passed the little tiny case with the caterpillar. I was like, no, nah, like, nah, no. That's nothing. That's, like, I didn't know. I was like, <laughs> they're, they're not doing that guy. And then they get to the end, and they showed, they showed Mr. Mine. I was like, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this is cool. I don't know. I don't know much about that character. I don't know much about his history, but he is like one of his oldest enemies, and it's a caterpillar type thing. 
That is so cool that they're actually going to delve into that character and hopefully do more with him. Because it's just him and then Dr. Savannah and Black Adam and hopefully some other randoms that they have like a superhero team up with. So definitely points for that. But I need to know what my score is. You need to know what your score is? I need to know what my score is so that I can give... He's such a cheater. He always does this. (laughs) That way I know whether to give her at one point or maybe two points. You're currently at 75. Ooh, uh, I think one is fair. One is fair. Yes. <laughs> does this all the time. Yes, does that. Well, I've got no bonus points uh, one way or the other. I mean, I think I included everything that, that really favored it into my main point score, and there's nothing. Even with the end credits, they are fun, but it's eh, nothing that really jumped out at me there. But uh, all right, well, let's see what that brings us all to. So that, as we all know now already... Uh, <laughs> Richard is at 76. We got Delvin here at uh, 20, 30, 49, 53, 66, 77. And then we've got uh, me at. 83. I apparently like this a lot more. Oh, dang. I guess so. So <laughs> we gave it solid C's, Delvin and I, and then you gave it a uh, B. Uh, it just squeaked in. D minus. Yeah. But, uh, you know, not, not too bad. Not too bad. I mean, that made sense. You said it was, that, that means it was uh, better than Aquaman. Yes. Right? Yes. I like this much better than I liked Aquaman. Talking about plot holes, that one had a lot more plot holes than this one did. Yes. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah. I think I think it was worth. I watching. think those scores made sense. Yep. Yeah. Well, I also considered. I think it's kind of. I think we got it kind of right because you guys gave um, Captain Marvel like eighty, right? Yeah. Yeah. I well, I actually I gave it a little lower than eighty. I liked this better. Than I liked Captain Marvel. I think I probably gave it about the same, about the same scores because you know I thought that movie was. Just fine. <laughs> yeah, I think that sounds I like familiar. A, a tad bit better, but not much. It's almost in the same realm, which is fine. And it, and if you look at the scores, we kind of think of them as it sounds silly, but if we're doing all these and they total a hundred, well, it's either A, B, C, D, or F, right? And having a score like a seventy-six or a seventy-seven is. <laughs> Better than passing. Oh, yeah. It's average or a little bit better than average for a movie score. Yeah. So 76, 77 is actually not bad for a score. I gave Captain Marvel a 78. Um, the next higher score that I've got is Black Panther, which I definitely like Black Panther better than I like Shazam. So I think I think it's about the right spot. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Well, thank you, Mr. Delvin Cox, for taking some time and talking with us about some movies, and or movie, anyway. And, uh, maybe a few other movies. Maybe a few other movies here and there. I'm sure, I'm sure we should uh, definitely get together and do this again once Avengers time comes around. Mm. Yeah, definitely. We probably each have to watch that movie two times before we do the review, though. <laughs> Just absorb it. Maybe three, I don't know. Well, that's what we'll do. We'll all watch it once. We'll do the review while we're watching it at the theater the second That'd time. That'd be perfect. I'm quite sure people would be very happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, fans, and I'm a little worried about this CGI I'm seeing on the Hulk here. <laughs> More to follow. Take take the microphones out to the other people. What do you think? Shut up! Sit down! <laughs> uh, it, it will be entertaining, I'm yeah. pretty sure. But... 
Normally, uh, we will be probably putting a little bit of advertisement in the middle of our uh, episodes, but I was having so much fun, I completely forgot in the middle of this one. So I'm going to put it at the end. We just started up our own Patreon page so that people can support the Pudding Guys. Uh, we only have one level of support. We want to keep it simple. We just If you think that uh, our show is fun and worthwhile, donate a dollar. A dollar a month, help us uh, continue making this thing and, and uh, being able to bring better and newer stuff to you. Uh, it's mm-hmm. pretty easy. www.patreon.com backslash pudding guys. Pudding guys. Hey, no one else had it. Weird. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's very surprising. And of course, awesome. you can find us on Twitter all the time. Yeah, yeah. Delvin and I are constantly talking on Twitter. Obviously, we are real pudding guys on Twitter. And Delvin, you are Delvin underscore Cox on Twitter. That's right. And of course, we uh, we uh, ha- you are on Stitcher. On your podcast, was it? SoundCloud, Stitcher, I'm everywhere. He's everywhere. Okay. So, I mean, definitely take advantage of uh, listening to Delvin. He had a really good series not too long ago uh, that he had some really in-depth conversations about some some uh, sensitive topics, which uh, I thought turned out quite nicely. Thank you. I appreciate that. But uh, until next time, uh, we are your pudding guys and Delvin Cox, and we appreciate you coming to see us. Well, bye. All right, we can do the rest of the uh, wind down after that with our ever so skillful music that we've put together. <laughs> our music's pretty good. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, but uh, it's not bad. Yeah. I mean, for as low a production value as it can be, it's not bad. Yeah, it's it's a placeholder until we get that really famous person. Maybe we can get that ten years guy to. Uh, do some oh, yeah. lay out some drum tracks for us. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it, we appreciate you coming on, Delvin. I've I've enjoyed talking to you back and forth. Uh, it's no problem at all. Anytime you guys need me, I'm there. Yes, it's, it's it's great, and I definitely enjoy seeing you on Twitter because it's uh, feels like yelling into a vacuum just a little bit in some of these social media sites sometimes. Yeah, that's true. But uh, it's good to have one or two people that you can depend on that will have a. Uh, a shared interest, if not necessarily a completely shared opinion. <laughs> well, man, I hope you have a wonderful evening, and we are going to sign off and do some planning. We've got some really uh, fun interviews uh, coming up that we're going to have on the uh, have on the show, and of course, we're going to be at. Uh, I don't know if you do. You go to any conventions, Delvin? Yes. The last one I went to was Florida Supercar last year. I'll probably go again this year. Nice, nice. Well, if you can make it up, we're going to be at uh, Indie PopCon here in June. That's going to be a pretty fun convention. And, uh, I think I'll, I'll be going on vacation on that time, so yeah, I might get to make it up. It's, it's, it's going to be fun. I mean, the if you've never been to the Indianapolis Convention Center, it's pretty massive. I, uh, 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 apparently, Indianapolis is the place to go if you're going to put on something that is, is sizable. Um, like like Gen Con, for example. That's I go to Gen Con every year, and we'll be there at Gen Con again this year. Um, and it takes over the entire city, <laughs> pretty much. It's, wow, that's cool. Uh, if you like gaming, that is that right there in the beginning of August. It's uh, So the convention center is probably about the size of a city block, and uh, it's it takes all the convention center. It takes the... 
the football stadium that's attached to the convention center. It takes all of the hotels that are attached to the convention center and around. It takes Union Station. I mean, basically, if you're within about two miles of downtown, it is Gen Con when Gen Con is happening. Wow, that's really cool. That sounds like um, Dragon Con Atlanta. Yeah, it's a lot like Dragon Con. Yeah, I've been to Dragon Con. Dragon Con's awesome. Yeah, Dragon Con's sweet. I don't get to get down to Atlanta too much. I, that traffic, whoo, is, oh, is yeah. rough. But, my, uh, my mother lives in Atlanta, so. Yeah, I so, so you deal with it regularly, I take it. Yes, when I go down to Atlanta, anytime I go down to Atlanta with my family, <laughs> my mom, I'm deal with that. Well, I'm, I'm very sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I only deal with Atlanta traffic when we're going down to Orlando or something, and we tend to drive and pass by Atlanta in the process. And shoo, there is no good time that you can do it. It just doesn't work. But, uh, well, I will let you go, sir. You have a wonderful evening, and uh, I will talk to you later, my friend. Talk to you later. I'm going to watch Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I guess I should apologize for delaying that a little bit, too. No, you're fine. That can be watched at any time. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. I'll talk to you. I appreciate it, buddy. Later, guys. See you.